what is going on, man? It is not Jonathan Peterlin. In fact, it is your boy Earl of Pearl Ian for Jonathan Peterlin. On this Black Friday, man, welcome into 92.3 The Fan. Take you up into the 9 p.m. hour. I hope you all enjoyed the first ever Black Friday football game. I know it delayed us getting on air, but we were sitting in here watching that wrap up. Uh, the Miami Dolphins beat the New York Jets. What was that? 34-13 to 13 to improve to 8-3. and three. Now that they are 8-3, and three, they are actually atop of the AFC uh, by way of a better conference record than the Baltimore Ravens. They are 6-2. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens play a conference game, I think, Sunday night against the L.A. Chargers. And then they finally, finally, finally have a bye week. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you spent some time with the people that you love, uh, the people that matter most to you. If you did have to work, I, ho- I hope somebody fed you at least. Later on in the show, before we get out of here, a lot of people talk about Thanksgiving foods and, and you know, all these different things. But we're going to talk about what are some of the biggest Thanksgiving violations, right? Like, like for example, you know, you show it to a family, family gathering for Thanksgiving. Uh, you don't bring no paper plates, no utensils, no paper towels, no pop, no beer, no, no, no tequila, no nothing. But you got the most to go plates when it's time to leave. So get those together, man. Your Thanksgiving violations. We'll probably do that in the last segment to wrap up the show. You know, I was as I was sitting here uh, watching this game, a couple things came to mind, right? I think that for the first time in a long time, we're in a situation to where we got to mind other people's business. Now, you're probably like, Pearl, what the hell are you talking about? See, I told you before in an episode a long time ago, a man got to have a code. Every man got to have a code. You know, my father always told me you keep your eyes on your own paper and you mind your own business. But in this situation with the Browns sitting at seven and three, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm minding every team business that play in the AFC conference. Because the way things are so tight in the AFC, every single game matters. Not just the games that the Cleveland Browns play, but when you look at conference record and then you look at the schedule, Those games between those opponents, those things matter too. Miami versus the Jets mattered today. Don't forget, we we play the New York Jets December 28th, right? Now, Miami has already gained that, that, that conference victory today by beating the New York Jets. And so it's important for the Cleveland Browns to keep pace. I understand DTR is a rookie. I understand that you're going on the road into a hostile environment, mile high. You know, you're 11 and I, what the Denver Broncos are 11 and four all time against the Cleveland Browns uh, in Denver. And so the task is tough, but you got to go out there and you got to handle your business. But then it got me to a second thought, right? You know how, you know, you complain a lot in life sometimes about the things that you go through. You know, life can be stressful sometimes, right? We all got issues. We all got stuff that we go through. You ever had somebody tell you, man, like, hey, yeah, I get it. Things is bad right now. But you know what? Somebody out here trade your problems for theirs in a heartbeat. I guarantee you the New York Jets, teams like that, they'll trade their issues for ours in a heartbeat. And we better be careful, man, before we start knocking Kevin Stefanski and trying to kick him out the door. We better be very careful what we wish for when we start talking about uh, Andrew Barry. Mackenzie, 
Phone's ringing. <laughs> we better be careful about all of that, right? Because when you look across the landscape of the NFL, quarterbacks has been dro- dropping left and right. The New York Jets just played with their third-string quarterback, and that offense looks terrible, right? And they got a good defense. I'm interested to see how the Cincinnati Bengals will look without Joe Burrow, and they got a pretty talented roster as well. That's, that, that says so much more about the Cleveland Browns that I don't think people realize. See, when you, when you, when you kind of go outside the city of Cleveland and you start minding the business of other teams in the NFL, especially in the AFC, you realize, man, you know what? Everything ain't that bad for as much adversity as we've had. You know, we're still one of the best teams in the NFL, and we're doing it without our all-pro right tackle, without Nick Chubb, without our franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, to where you look at the Jets, who has a very talented roster, has a, a damn good defense. They lose Aaron Rodgers, and they've yet to be able to, you know, gather themselves. Now they're sitting at what? Four and seven, all but eliminated from the playoffs. Two one six four seven four double O ninety two. The very first question, where do you believe the Cleveland Browns stack up amongst the AFC conference elite? You just got wa- finished watching the first ever Black Friday game. You've seen the Miami Dolphins handle their business against the New York Jets, right? Now, if, you lo- if you're using the eye test and, and you've seen how Miami performed, because two or through two interceptions within the last two minutes of the first half. And I kept thinking to myself, man, the Browns can make him do the same thing. I was watching the Miami Dolphins like, man, if we had to match up against them in the playoffs, I think we can get them. So that's the very first thing I want to talk about tonight. Where do you think the Cleveland Browns match up amongst the other teams in the AFC conference? I think we're right there. And as we, as we go further along into this, I'm going to explain how I believe that if Kevin Stefanski can trust DTR a little bit more, if he can use the things that he's seen in the second half of that previous game a little bit more, then just maybe, you know, we can, st- we can kind of take the reins of, of, of this entire AFC because it's right there for the taking. Right now, the Cleveland Browns are tied for the third best record in the AFC. You got three teams sitting at seven and three. Right now, you got Miami and Baltimore sitting at eight and three. So I want to hear from you all, man. I'm only here for a couple hours. Y'all know the vibes. When, when I'm in the building, you call up in here, man. You talk to me nice. We have a great conversation. 216-474-0092. Where do you think the Cleveland Browns rank amongst the elite teams in the AFC Conference? Don't forget to tweet at me at Earl of Pearl 216 on the app that we now call X. It's your boy Earl of Pearl. Ian for Jonathan Peterlin. We'll be right back at you right here on 92.3 The Fan. They had Super Bowl aspirations. In the offseason, they had Super Bowl aspirations just like the Cleveland Browns. Aaron Rodgers go down and it seemed like everything else was washed away. You look down at Cincinnati, Joe Burrow goes down and it just seems like everything that they thought that they could accomplish this season is washed away. But you look right here at our Cleveland Browns sitting at seven and three with all the adversity we've had and everything right there that we set out to accomplish at the beginning of the season can still be accomplished. That's a beautiful thing. What's also a beautiful thing is that we damn near got full lines on a Black Friday, man. 
I cannot tell you how much I appreciate y'all, man. Every time I'm sitting in this chair, y'all show me some love. Tommy, man, you are first up on 92.3 The Fan. What's going on, man? Happy holidays. Well, thank you, and happy Thanksgiving, and thank you, uh, Earl. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank you. You know what I mean? You can be anywhere else, but you're here with me on a Friday night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and here's the question I want to ask you, and then let me elaborate. When Watson went down with the uh, shoulder injury, the second so- sh- shoulder injury, were you upset? Were you worried? Uh, when he went down with the second one? Yeah. In the moment I was. I can remember my initial reaction. I was a little depressed. It took me all of that same day to get over it, and I had some renewed faith uh, like the very next day. I was not because we had PJ and we had um, DTR. I, I, I wasn't worried because DTR is coming on, meaning he's getting more reps, you know, with the first team. He's getting, you know, Cooper and him. I say Cooper gets two touchdown passes Sunday. But anyway, but but I want to finish. It, it, it's like I'm not worried about the quarterback. It's the defense that's making us win, and that is important. We're seven and three, like you said, but we're going to be, you know, eight and three because it's just not DTR, okay? And oh, and the backup offensive tackles. I mean, come on! I mean, how good are those guys? I mean, you know, they kept TJ Watt to one one sack, you know. Uh, so anyway, we're going to the playoffs. I'm not worried. Yeah, I mean, listen, it took me a minute, like I said. You know, you see Deshaun Watson starting to play a little bit better than what he did. And, Tommy, I appreciate the phone call, man. Enjoy your rest of your holiday weekend. It took me a minute to really be like, okay, gather myself and understand that the reality of the situation is we've had one game and one half of quality quarterback play this entire season. And that's from any quarterback, you know, that had been out there. And this is, you know, I'm talking before DTR actually started that game last week and we beat the Steelers 13-10. And so what what settled me was the fact that, as I've said a couple times on these airwaves, the Cleveland Browns have two things that I believe travel in the NFL. That's a defense and a running game. And if you can just get competent quarterback play, everything will be okay. Now, the Cleveland Browns got competent quarterback play from DTR Uh, In this last game, you know, and I felt like, you know, on that last drive that he actually showed us some things. And in a minute, you know, we're going to play a clip from Kevin Stefanski from the other day that talked about some of the things uh, that DTR did on that last drive. And why I believe that should give Kevin Stefanski a confidence boost and trusting him with more moving forward starting this week in Denver. Let's go out to Wayne. Wayne, what's going on, man? Hey, Brother Earl, what's going on with you? Oh, man, I can't complain. Happy holidays to you. Yeah, same to you and your family, man. Appreciate that. Definitely. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I just want to comment on uh, yeah, the Browns. Is, uh, yeah, they, 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 they up there, man. Um, what they need to do is, uh, as far as on the offensive side, to de- develop that same energy that the defense is um, uh, the, that, that that they have. Um, if we get a um, little bit more um, offensive power, we we be all right, but the thing about in here in Cleveland, man, there's so much in-house fighting, man, among our fans. You know, you still got a lot of Baker people, man, and um, they wanted to see Deshaun fail. And once you want to see Deshaun fail, you want to see the Browns fail. And a lot of them are, are pissed because the Browns are not failing. We're moving, and they're not accepting that, man. I don't know if you've been 
seeing that and hearing that over the weeks, man, a lot of the people, a lot of fans, man, don't want us to, to um, succeed, man. But it's, it's just, it's just unfortunate, man. You know, we got, we still, you know, dealing with this stuff, man. Just not only in Cleveland, in the country too, as well. And that's all I want to speak on, man. You take care now. All right, man. You take care, man. Enjoy your rest of your weekend. You stay safe. Listen, man, there's going to always be people in this city that's going to have love for Baker Mayfield. And I can understand and I can respect that. I was in the stadium the night that Baker Mayfield came in for Tyrod Taylor and he snapped that long losing streak uh, that we had. I remember telling people I felt like the stadium was shaking that night. You know, at the end of the day, Baker Mayfield was the quarterback of the 2020 Browns that led us to the playoffs and won our first ever uh, first playoff game in God knows how long. And so I can understand why people, you know, have that emotional tie to Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield ultimately helped the Cleveland Browns have success. But, you know, rather you like Deshaun Watson as a, as a person or not, you know, when you talk about him being, quote, unquote, a football player and the quarterback of this team, if you love the Cleveland Browns, you know, you got to kind of put your personal biases aside and understand that his success is the Cleveland Browns' success. And as me and everybody else has told you, you know, it seemed like for the all season, you know, I know it has not as been as pretty as we kind of thought it would be, but Deshaun Watson is the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, and that man is not going nowhere no time soon. And so I think that for the people who don't like Deshaun Watson, the sooner that you can put that personal bias aside and understand that if you love the Cleveland Browns, his success is your team success, then I think we'd be okay. But, man, like I'm telling you, after watching this game on Black Friday, I walked away more confident in my Cleveland Browns because things have not gone as haywire as we thought they have been. Yeah, we've had our adversity, but you realize every team in the NFL has, has adversity. Every team in the NFL suffers injuries, right? And when it comes to quarterback position, I think it's only been four teams this season that has not put a quarterback on IR in some shape, form, or fashion. That's kind of crazy and insane if you really think about it. You know, I would have to go through and do some fact-checking, but I can't think of any other team in the NFL right now that, you know, has three former pro bowlers and all pro players uh, sitting on IR. I mean, think about it. Jack Conklin was the starting right tackle, former All-Pro and Pro Bowler. Nick Chubb has been to a Pro Bowl. Deshaun Watson has been to a Pro Bowl. These are three huge pieces at three different levels on your offense that's no longer there. And yet you keep trucking along. And so when when we kind of be in the moment and so quick to fire Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry, man, you could be the New York Jets, right? And for as talented as the Cincinnati Bengals roster is, I can't think of a Bengals fan or, or who really believe or a media member who really believes that the Cincinnati Bengals can keep trucking along and everything is going to be all right. We're going to take one more caller before we get to this break. Let's get to that guy in Akron. Happy holidays, man. What's going on? Yeah, happy holidays to you. The first time I heard you on. Oh, well, uh, Thank you for listening, man. You could have been doing anything else, but I appreciate you giving me some time. Well, uh, now I uh, well every the Ohio State game overshadows everything right now tomorrow, but I'm not very confident on this game on Sunday. Uh, I think the Browns should win, and uh, eight and three would be very nice. 
Uh, however, I think uh, there may be some uh, overconfidence here, you know? Why you say so? Well, they, what Stefanski talks about, stacking wins. Mm-hmm. I just heard that a while ago, also, stacking wins. Well, you don't stack wins in the NFL. I don't. I still don't have confidence in Stefanski, even though they won their game. Where he didn't call the safety at the beginning of the game. You talking about well, when he didn't challenge he the? Uh, you talking about when he didn't challenge the Miles Garrett safety? The safety, yeah. Well, he just said, "Oh, well, two points. So, so what?" So, so let me ask you a question. You don't think that Kevin Stefanski deserves even a little bit of the benefit of the doubt when you consider the Browns are actually. Seven and three with a lot of the things that they've been through this season. Oh well, yeah, of course he deserves seven and three. He's the head coach. However, by good fortune, the two points he gave up and ignored, or maybe he didn't see the play correctly. I can't believe that. Yeah, I mean, but it's easy to point to one thing, right? Like, like that, and we do that a lot with a lot of different things. And the guy from Akron, I appreciate the phone call, but we do that a lot. We can look at all the good somebody has done, and we'll take the one thing that we don't agree with, the one thing that they did bad, and we'll let that overshadow everything that this person has done good. We do that in everyday life, and we do that a lot in sports. And newsflash, I'm guilty of it too. I can think about think about back when I was a kid when the Browns went to the playoffs and you know with Kelly Holcomb as the quarterback against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you know and, and the Browns was up big going into that fourth quarter. And they ended up blowing it. We know the rest of it. But Dennis Northcutt had had a pretty solid game up until he dropped that fourth and sixth pass that would have gave us a first first down that would have iced it. And for me, all I can think about is the fact that he dropped that fourth and sixth that could have iced a playoff victory for the Browns. I didn't really think too much into Dennis Northcutt did X, Y, and Z before we even got to that point. And we do that a lot in sports, and I'm guilty of it too. We can look at a few things that Kevin Stefanski, you know, do or, or, or does not do that drives us crazy and makes us want to pull our hair out. And then we act like the man is not competent at doing anything. You know, and maybe we can get into that a little bit before this show ends of, you know, Kevin Stefanski ain't going nowhere either. You know, that's just a newsflash. 216-474-0092, man. Jason and Tay, hold on tight. When we come back, we'll get to your calls. As we shift over into the 7 o'clock hour, my man Tyvis Powell will be joining me at 720. Man, I got a couple of Ohio State questions that I I, I just have to ask in the, in the 7 o'clock hour. Like, is it beat Michigan or nothing at this point for Ryan Day? And then, you know, I talked to a, a, a former Buckeye wide receiver over the weekend, and we had a conversation of who's the best wide receiver in Ohio State's history. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. is putting on like you can never put on before, but, man, it seemed like we just said that about Chris Olave. <laughs> so start thinking about those two things. You know, is it do or die for Ryan Day? If you don't beat Michigan, does anything he's ever done at Ohio State even matter to you? 